Welcome to EuroDollar University. Dear audience, after this show, you'll be able to go to your local sauna or steam room, sit down, take off your towel and say, ladies, you won't believe this, but the Federal Reserve is about to pivot. Yes, that's true, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about the two-year forward rate, implied rate, versus the two-year cash rate. Jeff, what an introduction. Are we going to lose any audience members? I don't think so. I think we're going to gain them. We're going to be reading from an article that you called Forward Pivot, and it is not available to the public unless they go and sign up somewhere. But in this article, you're going to tell us a new measure. You've never revealed this one before on how to know when the Fed is going to go from rate hike, rate hike, rate hike to where the market is expecting they're going to go, which is rate cut, rate cut, rate cut. Tell us where the audience can find this article. Well, now that you've sold the article or oversold the article, it's at mm-hmm. Markets Insider Pro, which is www.marketsinsiderpro.com. And it's it's free of charge for now. You sign up with your email. You get access to all that information. There's a daily briefing I put out as well as these deep dive articles into some of these topics, money and macro topics. You know, Steve and Meter's got some uh, momentum timing uh, strategies for you. Tracy Shukart, some insights into the oil and gas market. So that's at marketsinsiderpro.com. And yes, we're going to talk about the two-year forward fitted rate. And I love how in the title, because the official title of this particular calculation, the end of the title is hence. Hmm. Tell us why. Why do you love that? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've read the original paper as well as the follow-up, but I'm, why do they call it two-year forward hence? It just seems like a, it seems like sort of an, uh, a nerdy way to advertise this one constructed measure, for example. The fitted instantaneous forward two years hence. Yes. The fifth two. The fifth twos is what they're called. It seems Jeff. like, you know, then the other explanation could be it's just overly complicated because that's what econometrics and econom- economics does. They overly complicate what should really be a very simple concept because the forward two year is pretty a simple concept. You're looking at the yield curve and saying, what does the market expect the two-year rate to be a couple years down the road or a year down the road or whatever it happens to be, whatever future look-back period is? Now, Jeff, we have talked about inversions forever on the show. We've done a number of shows on them. We've discussed the 10-year versus the two-year spread inversion, the 10-year versus the three-month three month inversion, uh, the Eurodollar futures inversion. Let's first do some fundamentals here. Why are we just going to be focusing on the two-year here? Why is the two-year important? And we'll talk about the two flavors of the two-year in a second. Well, out of all the coupon bonds, so these are not bills. Bills are actually, there's no more certificates of indebtedness, which are short-term, which used to be short-term instruments that paid a coupon. Now we only have treasury bills which are issued at discounts, which means you don't really get an interest rate. You pay less and get the full price at the end of the maturity. You, you don't so, get a coupon. You right. do have an interest rate. It's an implied interest rate there because it's not actually an interest payment. You get, you get reimbursed for whatever the discount was. Okay. Uh, whereas the two-year note is the first of the notes, that are first of the coupons, that is actually closest to a money equivalent. And there's a lot of different things that go into that. You know, Manaman Singh from the IMF has talked about how the two-year note is perhaps the best or the least frictioned instrument for collateral. So there's, you know, hmm. there's, mon- there's moneyness in the two-year notes 
that isn't apparent in some of the rest of, for obvious reasons. I mean, the two year, the 10 year, for example, as we talk about all the time, growth and inflation expectations basically overwhelm any of the moneyness in that. Not that there isn't, especially when related to on the run 10 year treasuries and collateral use there. But the two year note is the closest thing to money like behavior, money like attributes in the coupon payments or in the coupon section. Okay, so the spread between the 10 year and the two year can be thought of as an early warning indicator, recession ahead, trouble, maybe not recession, trouble, economic disorder, monetary danger ahead. The spread between the 10 year and the three month can be considered brace for impact, imminent collision. What about this two year forward and two year, what is the cash rate? What is that going to tell us? What is that indicative of? It's basically where the market is implying where the two-year rate's going to be. So if the two-year is the most money-like of all of the instruments. When it crosses. That's, that's what I was trying to tell us. What does it mean when the two lines cross? That's what I was trying to ask you. Yeah, well, that's, it's a, the two-year is the most money-like of the instruments. What are we trying to project for the two-year rate in the future? It's very similar to Eurodollar futures, right? Because Eurodollar futures are essentially a bet on forward three-month LIBOR, mm -hmm. which three-month LIBOR has a lot to do with monetary conditions, including monetary policy from the Federal Reserve. So the three-month LIBOR, Eurodollar futures are projecting kind of what the Fed's going to do based on its own, the market's own methodology, its own factors, whereas the two-year forward, the, the two-year forward rate is essentially trying to do the same thing picturing what's money rates and money like uh, attributes going to be two years down the road, considering different criteria, different methods where you were deriving this measure from the yield curve. So we're kind of attacking the same thing that the Eurodollar futures market does, but doing it from a very different angle. But also because there's a two-year treasury cash rate, you know, the nominal rate that we see today there's interesting information when we compare the forward rate to the cash rate because it tells us what does the world look like today? What does the market think or the curve, the yield curve think about monetary conditions a couple of years down the road? What do these things look like and when do they actually, you know, how do they interact? What you see is more often than not exactly what you would expect to see, which is the forward rate kind of projects the mainstream view of what the Federal Reserve is going to do or monetary conditions are going to do. So in the current period, this year and in particular, going back to last year, the forward rate began to rise before the two-year nominal rate. Though. Jeff, we'll go, we'll do some examples. We'll show the graph okay. 2000, 2008, and the present one. What happens when those lines intersect? In your article here, tell me if I've misread it. That's the indication when it seems that it coincides, it, it doesn't seem, it coincides with a change in monetary policy. Can we imply, is that what the crossing of these two rates implies? Yes, it's the market saying the two-year treasury today has gotten here. And if the two-year forward rate goes above and starts to come down and then they eventually cross, that's the market saying that we're expecting that's it. You know, whatever's causing the two-year cash yield to go up, we're now believing that it's reached its highest point and more likely than not, the path of least resistance going forward is lower. Excellent. And so that's, you know, like Eurodollar futures, we have to then interpret what are the factors that are driving the market, in this case, the yield curve, to reinterpret the regime of forward rates going forward. And a lot of it has to do with monetary policies, the Fed, 
what the Fed believes versus what the market believes the Fed will actually be able to do. And those are two different things through history. So when you look at the historical example, yeah, these two lines cross, it's basically the market becoming more and more sure about its position relative one to the other. So in 2000, the dot-com bubble, we see the federal funds target as it existed back then versus the corridor now, rising, rising, rate hike, rate hike, rate hike. And then it goes flat before eventually, of course, being rate cut, rate cut, rate cut. Now we've got an inversion with the 10-year and the two-year, right, Jeff? Suggesting recession ahead sometime in the future. But the point that you've circled is when we're also experiencing, visualizing, seeing that there's going to be a change in monetary policy. In this case, from rate hike to pause. That's, you know, again, the two year is all about the moneyness of the two year treasury note. And so it's kind of, again, specifically focused on if monetary policy, if the Fed rate hikes are the biggest contributor to changes in the, in the two year yield, then the forward yield is sort of telling us about what that's supposed to be going, uh, going for, what the market thinks the Fed's going to be doing going forward. And as you saw, as you described in 2000, Emil, what happened was the two year forward rate fell below the two year cash rate just after the final rate hike from the Greenspan's Fed in May of 2000. Quick question. Did the Greenspan Fed know that this was going to be the final rate hike, or were they under the impression that they were going to continue hiking rates? You know the answer to that question. Well, <laughs> They're always continuing to... Okay. Yes, in, the, in May the of key. 2000, despite the fact that the economy was weakening, despite the fact that dot-com bubble had started to burst, even though it wasn't you know, as bad as it would get to be, all sorts of negative implications that were being priced in the 10-year treasury note, they started to get priced into the forward two-year rate because the forward two-year rate started to say, Greenspan's Fed's not going to be able to hike rates that much further and that the path of least resistance is more like the 10-year note, which is recessionary. So the, the, the crossing of the, the two-year forward to the two-year nominal was the market saying, okay, we think this is it for rate hikes. And this was a couple of weeks after the last rate hike when the Fed was still relatively hawkish, still believing until late into 2000 and into early 2001 that the labor market was incredibly tight, that inflation pressures were incredibly risky, and the market was saying, no, 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 we're heading toward recession. And it, as it turned out, that when the two-year forward rate crossed the two-year nominal, that was correct. That was the last rate hike, and the Fed, uh, Greenspan Fed would not hike again. And if you'll notice, a few months before that, the two rates were essentially effectively equal. So maybe yes. not quite crossing, but just at zero. And it was just this pressure, this tension of the market saying, oh, this is, this is, surely this is it. There's not much left here. Let's go back in time. But this, well, we're going back in time relative to the show, but relative to the graph, we're going forward in time. 2006, Jeff. Is it the same story, the 10-year inverts with the two-year warning of monetary economic trouble ahead? And then, for quite a long period of time, we've got our two twos, two twos, inverted, saying that is it for rate hikes. Again, did Bernanke, did Greenspan, when he was calling him and suggesting to Bernanke what to do, did they know this was the end of the rate hikes? Or would, would they later be surprised? 
No, they were, again, the Fed wanted to continue because they thought, hey, the, you know, inflation pressures, labor market, unemployment rate, all these other indications. And it was, yeah, there's that period before the final rate hike where the market perceives that, okay, this might be the final rate hike. And so the two-year, the forward rate and the nominal rates sort of track each other very closely until you get to that final part where the two-year forward rate goes below the, the nominal suggesting the market is increasingly sure, if not certain, that the Federal Reserve has reached its terminal rate. Not necessarily a pivot, but at least rates that are not going to go any higher. And that's really what two-year two-year spread is telling us. It's not about necessarily that rates are going to go lower, but okay, the market is increasingly sure that we're getting closer to the end. And then we know it's the end when the two-year forward rate goes below the nominal rate. And that's where we are in present day, aren't we, Jeff? Just a moment ago, I mean, yesterday, the glitterati of the central banking technocracy met at the hole of Jackson in Wyoming, and they said that they are going to be hiking with abandon, lewdly hiking away, wantonly hiking until inflation is back under control. <sighs> I'm sighing, raising my eyebrows. So, okay, rate hikes until the eye, you know, as far as the eye can see across the Wyoming plains. Meanwhile, when we look at the fitted instantaneous for two years hence, it is effectively right on the cash two-year yield, right? It's dead on. Zero, one basis point. What is the difference? Nothing. Yeah, it's they're right together just like in 2006, just like in 2000, where the market is saying, okay, maybe there's another rate hike. Maybe there's another couple of rate hikes in there. We're not exactly certain that the, the Fed is at its peak yet. But it's so close because, as we see, you know, as you look at the forward rate, it's behaved more like the 10-year Treasury than anything in the front end of the curve ever since middle of June, ever since we had a real big breakdown in the global monetary system as well as the economy. And so the reason I brought it up this week is because it's right there. And at the point where it actually does cross, that would be the premise of our show here. That would be a warning sign that, okay, the Fed, whether it agrees or not, hmm. is likely done with its rate hikes. So the market, because the forward rate and the two-year nominal rate are right there close to each other, the curve is, the, you can remember, because this is derived from the entire curve, the entire treasury market is saying, man, the Fed is almost done. It's right there, right near, it's getting really close to where it would be the last rate hike in the cycle. Jeff, your final point in this article is trying to discern whether present day is going to be more similar to 2000 or 2006. Can you explain to the audience what you're thinking there regarding the timing of either the recession or the pivot towards maybe rate cuts or just pausing the rate hikes? What, what are you saying at the end? I think that's, you know, that's where we get into once the two-year forward rate goes below the two-year nominal rate is the amount of inversion, how quickly the market is projecting, not just a, uh, a terminal rate hike at that point. Once, we get, once they cross, it's not about the terminal, you know, the last rate hike. It's about what comes next. And so I imagine, I and mean, it hasn't really happened, but I imagine if the forward two-year two -year rate kind of just snuck a little bit below the, the nominal it would mean that, okay, something like uh, early 2019 where the Fed paused and that it could be able to pause for quite some time, whereas you get a, a really steep inversion in the forward rate compared to the cash rate, then it would be more the market saying, 
trouble is really starting to build where, again, the probabilities are stacking up for rate cuts, not just an end to rate hikes. And so that's kind of the next step once these two cross. And, you know, maybe maybe they don't cross. Maybe things go right. Maybe the Fed is right. And, you know, the rest of this year is, is much better. But most of the yield curve, most of the markets are saying that's a problem. That's a very low probability. But at least as far as the two year forward rate is concerned, it hasn't reached that point of no return yet. And then once it does, if it does, it's a matter of how steeply it goes underneath the uh, the nominal rate and what that would mean about, you know, the market's perception of rate cuts down the road and what the rate cuts actually mean as far as monetary and economic conditions. Jeff, just wanted to thank you on behalf of the audience for introducing this measure to us. It's something that I don't come across in Bloomberg, CNBC or in the financial media. So it's another arrow in our quiver that we're going to be able to be ahead of the game on. So very much appreciated, Jeff. Thank you. Very welcome, Emil. Happy to do it. 